Hello, and thank you for joining us today for Frost & Sullivan's latest webinar. Today's event is titled, Top 50 Emerging Technologies and Growth Opportunities. My name is Anna, and I oversee Frost & Sullivan's Growth, Innovation, and Leadership Briefings. Today's presenter is Rajiv Kumar, Senior Partner here at Frost & Sullivan. He is a Global Head of Frost & Sullivan's Tech Vision Business Unit since 2001. He has built his career over a foundation of two decades of experience directing strategy consulting research businesses in the emerging technology fields. He's also managed several research practices like chemicals and materials, sensors and instrumentation, building technology security, and others giving him diverse industry knowledge. Now, connecting his broad vertical business expertise with a horizontal technology focus, Rajiv is considered a thought leader on emerging and disruptive technologies, innovations, and technology convergence. With that, I would now like to hand the presentation over to Rajiv. All right. Thank you, Anna. Are you able to hear me? All right. Looks like it's Okay, good morning, uh, ladies and gentlemen, um, and welcome to this webcast briefing by TechVision. Uh, thank you for your time. I'm uh, really honored and uh, thrilled to have this opportunity to talk about some really interesting work <coughs> that Frost & Sullivan and TechVision uh, is doing in the fields of emerging technologies, innovations, and technology convergence. So about eight years ago, the TechVision team launched a very unique um, research initiative called the Top 50 Emerging Technologies and Convergence Opportunities. And we had two primary. The first was to apply a specific methodology to a very large base of technologies and innovations to generate an annual list of top 50 technologies that are likely to make a significant impact in our lives in the near term. You know, we're talking about the next one to two years time frame. And the second objective was to look for possible technology convergence scenarios where two or more of the chosen top 50 technologies and beyond are likely to come together to create an innovative or disruptive market for new products or services or solutions. Now, since this unique research effort and thought leadership resulted in several unexpected, unprecedented outcomes. So we like to call this initiative as the future of the future. Now, before I get deep into my slide deck uh, and talk about some of the technologies that we selected this time, I want to begin by giving a quick background about the kind and scope of work we do, and as a result, define the context of my presentation today. So the TechVision Group is the technology, IP, innovation, and convergence-focused research and consulting practice of Frost & Sullivan. Our global analysts, technology analysts, they are based all over the world, and they are constantly researching organizations that are involved in various types of R&D, engineering, technology, and product development activities, be it academic institutions, be it uh, science and tech-focused government agencies, national labs, and of course, most certainly, the private sector which ranges from very small startups to the largest of large companies you can think of around the world that spend millions of dollars on innovation and technology development each year. We organize the universe of technologies into nine different technology clusters, such as the ICT, sensors and instrumentation, chemicals and advanced materials, and so on. You see these the nine circles on the left-hand side of this slide. We believe that more than 90% of all technologies and innovations in the world can be mapped in these nine unique clusters, giving us a very comprehensive view of the entire world of technology. Now, every year we track and analyze and provide insights on about 3,000 different technologies across these clusters. This breadth and depth of technology coverage is absolutely unmatched and it forms the basis of our technology research and consulting services. As you can imagine, these technology clusters cut across several verticals, meaning a technology developed in one cluster usually has applications across several vertical industries. For instance, advanced materials technologies. Um, they use in automotive space, in aerospace, in textile, packaging, infrastructure, 
Uh, similarly, AI technology, it's all over the news. It's being horizontally applied to manufacturing and education, financial industry, agriculture, mobility, and, and so on. So in a nutshell, our organic and continuous work in researching hundreds of interesting technologies across multiple organizations, clusters, industries, and regions helps us in identifying the top 50 hottest technologies as well as numerous potential technology convergence scenarios. And this we believe is very interesting and extremely valuable for business and technology leaders, government policy makers, as well as end users. Now we've been doing this exercise of choosing the top 50 technologies for the last eight years. 2011 was our first edition. Now there is no doubt that technologies have rapidly evolved in this period of time and we have witnessed a lot of dynamism in the global R&D landscape. The rate of innovation and launch of new technologies and ideas is getting faster and faster every year. And literally every month, sometimes every week, we come across intriguing products and business models globally. Every organization, regardless of size or industry, is keenly focused on innovation and probably innovation is the most popular word in today's corporate strategy. We are living and thriving in an era of X-Tech. You can add the word tech to pretty much any industry, and it is very easy to see the impact of emerging and disruptive technologies in that specific industry. For example, FinTech, common word for financial industry, EdTech for education industry, AgTech for agriculture industry. I've seen AdTech for advertisement industry. In other words, whether innovation is for products or services or business model or operations, it seems to be almost always driven by emerging technologies. Now, I put this slide together with some, some photographs in there. If you look around, you'll easily find several examples of disruptive innovations and new business models based on emerging technologies and their convergence. For instance, drones. Well, they are, of course, no longer just strategic weapons of war. They are being utilized for all sorts of peaceful security monitoring, farming, photography, gaming, weather mapping, um, and, and other kinds of practical applications. And soon enough for delivery and logistics business models for all sorts of packages, be it delivering books or food or medicine, clean water, and so on and so forth. The picture you see on the top left is from about a week ago, a week and a half ago. It shows a commercial drone of a company called Wing, which is an alphabet company that graduated from their ex-moonshot factory uh, just in July last year. So Wing is the first company to secure FAA approval of flying their drones for, commercial, for delivery of commercial articles up to 1.5 kilograms or 3.3 pounds in weight. Amazon is developing a similar drone for up to 5 pounds of delivery weight. Wing has done thousands of experiments and they are starting to deliver in Australia, Finland uh, later this year and soon in the U.S. Similarly, autonomous cars, they are fast becoming a reality. This is perhaps the most interesting and most talked about field of innovation. Here's an interesting fact. Four, four years ago, in April of 2015, there were only three car companies that had approvals to test self-driving cars in the state of California. As of 1st of January this year, literally about four years later, that number has mushroomed to 62. And interestingly, of these 62 permit holders, there are only about 15 or so companies that are traditional automotive makers. The remaining are all sorts of electronics and AI and software companies like Samsung and Intel and Apple and Google, Dyson, Baidu, name it. It's almost at the pace of one company getting a permit to test their cars every month. Last October, Waymo, another Google X product, secured a new approval from DMV to test its car in five cities in the Silicon Valley. This new permit allows the company to test a fleet of about three dozen test vehicles without actual drivers behind the wheel. Now, this is a new milestone. And just actually two days ago, Waymo signed up with Lyft to start using 10 of its autonomous cars to drive people in the Phoenix area. This is a clear sign of things to come. Autonomous driving technology opens up a whole new potential for a range of disruptions in the design and manufacturing, um, in, in sales and marketing of such cars. 
Boston Sullivan predicts that over 500,000 autonomous cars are likely to be added every year globally by the year 2025, and one in every four cars will be self-driving by the year 2030, and that's, that's a conservative estimate. The picture on top right is that of a 5D printed object, which allows for printing of high-strength, hollow, and angular objects. You've heard of 3D printing and perhaps 4D printing. We're getting into a completely different zone with 5D printing. There are several other examples of disruptive innovations, you know, like AI and machine learning-based data analytics as a service model, online interactive education courses, of course, Coursera and Khan Academy are, are good examples. Uh, Amazon Go stores, uh, completely different way they're set up, augmented and VR combinations in various applications, and several other examples of collaborative consumption business models like Uber and Airbnb, which basically promote pay for use versus pay for possession uh, type of circular economy business models. So in a nutshell, you know, we are living in a truly fascinating world at a very intriguing time of our lives, and it's going to get a lot more exciting in the coming years and decades as scientists figure out metamaterials and, and some other technologies. It's a matter of 15 to 20 years. Um, and technology is, of course, all around us and, and all pervasive and, and inescapable in, in some respect. So, so we took this reality of a fast-changing, innovation-driven future world and applied it to our continuous work at Frost & Sullivan on researching emerging technologies in order to predict some new innovations and, and what we like to call as serendipitous convergence scenarios. And as a result, we created a framework for combining different core elements of innovation to predict new disruptive innovations and scenarios. So we call it as the innovation engine, which looks and works like a kaleidoscope. So there are five rings in this model, and each ring represents a unique perspective. And when combined with the other four, it creates a new roadmap or a convergence possibility. So the outermost ring represents the nine technology clusters I talked about briefly, wherein we are constantly analyzing hundreds of technologies and developments in each area as part of our ongoing research. The second ring represents megatrends, and these are uh, trends which are directly or indirectly influencing our lifestyles and global businesses every day. Frost & Sullivan does a lot of work in the field of megatrends. Now, although trends are constantly evolving, it is the technology capability that sustains key trends and gives rise to new ones, resulting in an acceleration of certain trends and suppression of others. So we look at the interrelationships of technologies and broad megatrends to find out what technologies are driving which megatrends and vice versa. The third ring represents new business models, like freemium, which is common in the software business, co-creation, sharing, crowdsourcing, and, and many others. New business models are generally created from a desire to bring together technology capability and ride on the ever-evolving trends to deliver business innovation. Interestingly, all the new business models have been only possible after three things. A, a deep penetration of global internet connectivity. B, the speed at which data can be transmitted today through fiber optics as well as wirelessly, of course, using 4G and very soon 5G, and C, a wide-scale adoption of handheld personalized devices, whether it's mobiles or tablets or laptops. And these business models are driving new growth opportunities that will shape the industries and markets of tomorrow. The fourth ring uh, represents vertical industries. We also look, looked at it from, from a viewpoint of key vertical industries to see potential applications and, and adoption rates of technologies. Market participants in different sectors adopt technologies and convert them into products or services, so their influence on technology adoption and monetization is, of course, super critical. And then finally, the innermost ring represents all sorts of organizations that are driving technology developments and pushing for their adoption. These are innovation ecosystem drivers and include various corporate and academic labs, um, investment firms, standards bodies, IP bodies, end users, government agencies, um, consultants, and, and so on and so forth. So if you visualize this image, 
as five sets of independent variables that can move independently. Just like a kaleidoscope, this model can generate hundreds of potential convergence scenarios and innovative products and services. Now, this framework forms the basis of our thinking and helps us in guiding companies by tracking technologies and creating unprecedented business scenarios by fusing technologies, trends, new business models, industries, and the ecosystem drivers. So as part one of the Tech Vision Initiative, the first objective of selecting top 50, uh, we, we select the top 50 technologies impacting the world in the next couple of years. But how do you go from hundreds of technologies spread across nine clusters to just 50? Of course, you need a methodology. Well, we used a very specific methodology, almost like a stress test, by applying eight different weighted criteria to each technology. For instance, we looked at IP activity in the last three years and counted the number of patents published, not just applied, but actually published globally for each of the technologies. Similarly, we tracked public and private funding in the last two years for each of the technologies. We looked at cumulative market potential of each technology in the next five years. <clears throat> number of megatrends impacted, number of industries. We look at 24 different industries and sub-industries that would adopt each technology. Number of countries and regions that would be impacted, and so on. We use a weighted model to rate each technology on each of those criteria, and we created an innovation index score. And that helped us to pick the highest rated technologies. This methodology has allowed us to identify several technologies early on, which have gone to become some of the biggest names and biggest technologies today. For instance, back in 2014, we had identified graphene as a top 50 technology, which today is a very large growth opportunity across multiple sectors. Similarly, we had identified early on OLEDs, super hydrophobic coatings, microbiomics, and some other technologies in previous versions of top 50 research which have now become technologies of large-scale adoption and potential. So our confidence is very high, and who knows, the selections we made this year, just about a month ago, may end up being some of the biggest market opportunities in a year or two, leading to creation of brand new unicorns. By the way, our latest top 50 technologies research is available on an interactive platform. We call it iFrost and it provides an in-depth intelligence on each of the top 50 technologies on each of these eight criteria. The attachments tab on your monitor has some details uh, about how to access this research. So, if you're ready, the net result of our comprehensive year-long research and selection process were these 50 technologies spread across nine clusters. <coughs> The clusters are highlighted in blue, and each has between four to seven individual technologies and innovations which made it to the top 50. Now, some areas were more obvious than others, like 5G chipset. We had 5G last year, and it's moved to 5G chipsets. We have LiDAR sensors was obvious, collaborative robots, and metal 3D printing. While there were many others which were totally new, um, like extended reality, which is basically a combination of four platforms of AR, VR, mixed reality, and haptics reality. A BIPV, uh, building integrated photovoltaics, uh, electroceuticals, or platformatization. Now, a few things that are worthy of note here are we started with a base of over a 1,000 technologies in the first round of selection this year. We eventually rated over 400 technologies technologies using our proprietary methodology that I explained uh, just a minute ago. Now, 10 technologies repeated from last year, and that is generally the trend. <clears throat> we normally see between 20 to 25% of technologies staying hot, meaning they qualify from one year to the next. Some of the repeats um, this time are self-healing material technologies, as they have several applications in the automotive, aerospace, packaging, electronics, construction types of sectors. Um, the others include sensor fusion, metal 3D printing, collaborative industrial robots, 
uh, gallium nitride electronics or gantronics, etc. Now, on an average, the environment and sustainability cluster you see, the technologies in that group got the highest innovation index score this year, followed by the ICT technologies and then the health and wellness. We also got some very promising signals from this universe of 50 technologies. Um, consider there's the total market potential of these 50 technologies is nearly $3 trillion over the next five years. Between 100 to $120 billion was invested in R&D of these technologies in the last two years. And there were over 175,000 patents granted in these 50 areas in past three years. So each technology area has its own ecosystem of, or network of scientists and developers and funding sources, evangelists, standards organizations, you know, patent holders, and so on and so forth. And there are, of course, amazing groundbreaking developments taking place in each area, and that is very valuable. However, what is even more powerful, in my opinion, is the white space in between these technologies where a lot of collaboration and convergence is happening or could potentially happening. The random but practical combination of multiple technologies to create a valuable solution is what will be significant game changer trend in the future. And I'll show and tell you more about this in a few minutes. But by combining different technologies, what new solution can be created um, is the more exciting part uh, in, in this research. Now, I wish I had time to go over all the technologies. That will take several hours. But in the interest of time, <clears throat> what I'll do is I, I'm, I'm going to highlight three technologies from different clusters. And also I'll talk about some others you know, later in the presentation as we go along. So the first one that um, I'm going to highlight is the augmented analytics technology uh, from the ICD cluster. Uh, basically, augmented analytics can be summar summarized as business intelligence meeting artificial intelligence, or BI and AI combination. So why is there a need for augmented analytics? Now, enterprises need to incorporate data analytics into their daily processes to streamline operations and, of course, reduce operating costs. More importantly, they need to use advanced analytics to maximize business agility and remain competitive in a dynamic business environment. So generating data insights on its own without intervention by a team of data scientists and the expensive IT infrastructure is a major concern today. In spite of significant investments in big data analytics and machine learning and cognitive computing, businesses are still struggling with some critical problems such as they have too much data, too much volume of data with very little insight. There is inefficient connection between insights and discovery and actual business decisions and action taken based on those insights. And there is also very limited learnings from actions taken for it to be repeatable. And that's when augmented analytics comes into picture. Augmented analytics enables systems to learn more, adapt very quickly, and improve the performance. It leverages machine learning and, and AI platforms and techniques to transform business op processes by connecting and interlinking diverse data sources, processing and analyzing the gathered data, and then building data-rich applications. Companies involved in the businesses are seeing a steady flow of investments, especially for marketing and geographic expansion. Close to $4 billion were invested in areas of computer vision machine learning and advanced analytics just in last year. And companies, um, corporates are more aggressive than universities and other public research institutions in filing augmented analytics-related patents. Nearly 20,000 patents were published in this area just in the last three years. And the most dominant area uh, in, in patent filing is in machine learning in combination with, with computer vision. Now, enterprises have an opportunity to use augmented analytics to rapidly transform and streamline their operations by deploying self-learning and self-assuring business processes. Various industry sectors offer tremendous range of opportunities where augmented analytics could be applied to solve existing business challenges. The use cases may be very different, but the value derived from using the technology remains unchanged. Multiple global brands have already deployed 
augmented analytics uh, systems. For example, you know, augmented analytic systems in healthcare, they help patients with chronic diseases through personalized insights related to their conditions while providing security of their personal health data. Financial institutions are engaging their clients through the entire value cycle from onboarding and advisory services to personalized customer support. In retail, uh, augmented analytics systems drive online shopper engagement by enabling shoppers to buy based on context, on events or occasions or their location. In manufacturing sector, um, there are uh, augmented analytics-based platforms that can be used for driving business efficiency and, and productivity through various applications such as preventive maintenance and demand forecasting and process optimization and so on. This next one is, is one of my favorites, self-healing technologies. Self-healing technologies, they, uh, you know, as the name suggests, they help impart healing abilities intrinsically to products when they are damaged. The damage can happen due to mechanical stress or environmental stress, such as oxidation or abrasion, radiation. The, the self-healing me mechanism is triggered in different ways, such as mechanically or thermally, optically, or even chemically. Now, while the technology has an adoption potential across industries, the key sectors that are expected to be of highest impact in the short term, of course, includes automotive, healthcare, aerospace, electronics, and oil and gas. The reduction of maintenance costs as well as improvement in the service life of the final product will drive adoption of self-healing technology, especially materials in these industries. Self-healing materials can help in enhancing the durability of automotive exteriors as they can self-heal cracks and scratches and also enhance the aesthetic characteristics of cars. In healthcare application, the technology can be used in acrylic bone cement to heal cracks and restore the original toughness of the bone and for the development of artificial muscle implants and targeted drug delivery carriers. In oil and gas uh, industry, the structures are exposed to extreme weather conditions continuously and, and thus they are subjected to corrosion and other damages. So self-healing materials have the ability to self-repair the damages and thus increase the service life of the infrastructure. With a rising interest in wearables for the electronics industries, flexible electronics and other durable electronic components, there's an increasing need for materials and technologies that help in developing products which can self-heal after damage as well as have the ability to self-heal repeatedly without any loss in functionality. So self-healing technology development has entered into a new phase, which is focused on incorporating autonomous healing mechanisms for metal, ceramic, and cement composite materials. Get gotten more complicated now. Targeting niche applications in early safety areas, innovations and in R&D projects are conducted by both major consortiums and, and large corporations. So new investments are targeted towards the development of next-gen self-healing materials and coatings. Apart from the material developers, end users are also keen on R&D activities across industries with an aim to solve specific challenges. For instance, IBM has developed a self-healing capsule system in order to overcome the issue of degradation of polymer substrates used in circuit boards, while Intel is contemplating the use of self-healing composites in semiconductor packaging. Companies like Medtronic, uh, they use self-healing materials in electrodes of implantable leads to increase the lifespan of implants. And Wuhan University in China uh, is working on stretchable electronics for applications in healthcare and energy and military using graphene and silver nanowires. So BIPV, uh, that stands for Building Integrated Photovoltaics, they're expected to become a very important feature in the building designs of the future. One of the major advantages of BIPV uh, is, of course, in the reduction in the need for real estate for generating solar power. BIPV solutions can be used along with the rooftop installations to support on-site energy generations. It's considered crucial in mass realization of the global zero energy buildings concept. Um, developments in BIPV are supported by the innovations in the photo photovoltaic material itself. Um, advancements in the material sector focusing on improving cell efficiency, 
transparency and flexibility will be crucial in driving new product development in this particular area. Now, while flexibility and efficiency will be important in some applications of BIPV, transparency will be important in applications like windows and facades. The majority of the BIPV solutions at present are based on thin film photovoltaics. But there are emerging solutions like organic cells, tandem solar cells, and perskite-based solar cells can be expected to play a very crucial role in, improving, a role in improving the BIPV film and module efficiency values, flexibility, and other applications. So some of the key stakeholders in the BIPV sector, they include Tesla, Energy, Solar Window. Uh, companies like Sol Technologies and Heliatech are focused on developing thinner and more flexible solutions that can be placed on walls. Onyx Solar is developing transparent photovoltaic glass that can be used and then can be put to use in buildings. It's interesting to note that solutions from companies like Solar Window, they are capable of operating in natural light, uh, in, in shade, shaded areas, and even artificial light, uh, unlike the conventional, conventional solar cells. Okay, moving right along. Um, so wh while the... The top 50 technologies that I showed earlier, they represent the near-term hot technologies that have a high technology readiness level, or TRL. Uh, we also created a unique list of 18 futuristic technologies which have low TRL scores, meaning that these technologies are still in labs and they are at least five to seven years away from commercialization. These future 18 technologies are still being researched and developed in the labs around the world, and they, they are great potential candidates to be part of the future top 50 lists in, in, in a few years. So for instance, you know, you, I showed you a picture of 5D printing earlier. 5D printing that involves um, the use of five-axis uh, subtractive equipment in combination with a 3D printer technology in a single machine to manufacture complex, high-strength parts, hollow structures, angular structures, healthcare, automotive, and construction industries are expected to witness a very high impact due to the level of complex, complexity involved in part production. But this is still, in our opinion, a few years away um, before it will become mass commercialized or mass adopted. I'm sure you've heard of bidirectional charging. That's part of the microelectronics uh, cluster. Bidirectional charging, or um, another name for that is vehicle-to-grid, or V2G technology. That's a capacity of sending power from an electric car to the grid or another battery. Uh, the implementation of bidirectional charging uh, technology would, would require a dedicated EV battery charger, which will enable the bidirectional flow of power between the power grid and the electric vehicle battery and, and back and forth. I'll take one more, let's say neural dust. Uh, Neural dust is part of the medical device and imaging cluster. Um, it's also called as cortical dust. These are micrometer-sized sensors that are implanted directly into the brain or onto the nerves. And these sensors can continuously study and record and wirelessly transmit the information to an external receiver, um, giving scientists and neurologists uh, neuron-level specificity during imaging and neuromodulation procedures in much higher accuracy of information at a, at a faster rate. So there are many other exciting technologies on the horizon, and that may become mainstream in the next five to seven years. We're keeping an eye on these, and um, hopefully our, our future top 50 exercises will include some of these candidates. Now, being the analysts that we are, we of course like to play with data, and we try to put information in, in matrices. Um, we, we looked at a very large set of data points and made several trend charts and two-by-two two matrices and scatter charts and so on. Uh, I just wanted to showcase just a few to highlight some of our an analysis and the depth and, we and what we can create uh, for your organizations. So this chart is a, um, a little complex, but it's four-dimensional chart, which shows each of the top 50 technologies plotted on revenue potential over the next five years the number of patents that were granted globally in the past three years. The size of the bubble represents the innovation index score, and the color of the bubble represents the number of sectors likely to adopt that specific technology. So 
Uh, just a reminder, you know, each of these 50 technologies are already the best of the best, in our opinion. So everything you see here packs a large business potential. Uh, but what this chart tries to do is provide a visualization of how these technologies stack against each other and their level of impact across industries and their market potential over the next five years. So you, you see the biggest circle, AG4, that stands for Agriculture 4.0. Um, the use, and I have a slide a little later to talk a little bit more about that, but the use of ICT and synthetic biology, combining those two large fields and technologies based on ICT and, and biology, they're helping in increasing yield by up to 300 times, uh, decreasing the input resources by maybe up to 90%, and also in reducing the time period for harvesting by perhaps 75 to 80%. So this enables uh, increased impact on many sectors, including, of course, food and beverages, environment, energy, and utility techno technologies and areas, chemicals and materials areas, the convergence of AI, mixed reality, and blockchain in agriculture will stimulate agriculture 4.0, and that will result in enhanced productivity. So there's no surprise that that got the highest um, score on the innovation index, and it's represented by the biggest circle here. Uh, you see grid edge energy storage represented by GEES on the kind of top right. Um, so with the growth of renewable sources, energy storage will play a crucial role in improving the stability of the electric grid by supporting frequency and voltage optimization, peak shifting, black starting, and demand response features. So these are the key applications that will drive the adoption of the grid edge solutions, leading to increased market growth. Utilities and government agencies are focusing on improving the adoption of energy storage in the residential uh, sector in countries like Australia and U.S. and Israel to support business models such as virtual power plants and peer-to-peer -peer energy trading. This uh, next one is, is a tech attractiveness matrix which plots number of patents published in the last three years against funding levels. Uh, in the last two years, both private and public funding levels, higher the number of patents and higher funding indicates the technology is, is of course, ripe for for commercialization. So you see on the bottom right, uh, nano-hybrids. Uh, nano-hybrids with its enhanced functionalities and performance attributes, they are poised to disrupt countless applications across industries, right from consumer to industrial uh, applications and industries, increasing research initiatives across the globe uh, from both academic and industrial stakeholders uh, has resulted in innumerable innovations which are targeted towards fulfilling application-specific demands and with a very with a potential to replace existing technologies, especially those related to materials and, and coatings. And this one last chart, um, this is a two-by-two two matrix, uh, we call it market attractiveness matrix, wherein we have cross-plotted market potential for the next five years, cumulative market potential, five years, and the number of sectors, we looked at 24 sectors impacted by each of the 50 technologies. So fog intelligence, for instance, um, fog computing is another name for it, uh, that addresses the infrastructure, connectivity, and, and latency challenges by emphasizing information processing and intelligence locally at the edge. Adoption of fog intelligence is high across different verticals, notably, notably with, within um, energy and utilities, transportation, um, healthcare and industrial sectors. The sustained demand for application support as well as integrated platforms for efficient management of distributed IT and multi-cloud environments in an edge infrastructure are the active enablers for market growth in this area. Another area we've heard of, electroceuticals, um, the, the ongoing opioid addiction crisis that is spread, spreading through the Western world that has unraveled the need for non- pharmaceutical options for disease management. Um, electroceuticals can cater to a variety of chronic conditions, including pain management, diabetes, epilepsy, and, and some other neurological conditions. The diversity of its applications and the total market that it seeks to replace gives it a very high rating on the market attractiveness matrix. 
Now, if you remember in my introduction, I'd mentioned about two objectives. One was to select an annual list of top 50 technologies. The second objective behind our annual top 50 research is the identification of potential convergence scenarios of multiple technologies. And this perhaps is a little bit more interesting and exciting part of our ongoing research to try and combine different technologies to see if a new product solution uh, or service could be created. So we call this concept as waves of innovation. Now each technology creates waves of adoption which first impacts its home industry. And then it starts to grow to impact parallel sectors. And it gets very really interesting when technologies start to interact with each other and create unique products and services. For instance, in this example, uh, metal 3D printing, deep learning and AI, and sensor fusion technologies could come together to create controlled 3D printing for predictive maintenance. The application of this concept would be in high-end industrial manufacturing setups where sensors would provide critical data to facilitate predictive data analysis using AI protocols on component or machine failure. This information would facilitate production of customized components using a metal 3D printing device before the part actually fails. Of course, the advantage is it will lead to reduced downtimes and improved productivity. Uh, metal 3D printing and ultra-high-strength metal technologies or ultimetals are, all, are all already converging, leading to applications in the automotive, aerospace, and defense industries. So the team, um, the TechVision team developed dozens of such convergence scenarios um, every year, and, and again, we did that this year as well. Uh, I just picked up three different examples, and let me do a quick showcase of, of these other examples. So this one is, um, is a scenario of personalized error-free medicine. Uh, this is basically an automated feedback-initiated therapeutic and diagnostic, or we call it theranostic system based on variable sensors and drug delivery uh, systems. Um, the concept of a self-monitoring and self-administrating drug system, it appeals, appeals at multiple levels. The system would ideally measure various indicators of disease in the diseases in the bloodstream and administer drugs when the recorded value is below or above acceptable thresholds. So this would remove, of course, errors in under or overdosing, and it will ensure medication compliance. A few relevant technologies, which are all part of top 50 and, and they are emerging at the same time, could be combined to make this uh, solution work. Wearable devices equipped with AI chips, they can be used for personal wellness and life logging applications. Similarly, biosensors can test blood for biomarkers to give indication of drugs and supplements needed by the, by the user or by the patient. Um, Self-healing materials could be integrated for repair of devices and components and and of course, targeted drug delivery technologies could be used for supply of encapsulated insulin you know, if it's a, it's a diabetic patient and other chronic medications as needed. AI and natural language interpretation could be used for dynamic patient interaction, for making payments, uh, for scanning, for even for gaming. The main challenge of uh, an automated therapeutic diagnostic system is of course in uh, is the accurate sensing of biomarkers and, and other indicators of disease. The sensitivity and accuracy of the sensor system in this wearable device has to be that of a clinical grade. Another challenge would be, of course, to effectively integrate sensors and electronics into a single wearable unit uh, that can withstand you know, use over a period of time, uh, preferably one that is discrete and does not require much user input or risk of tampering. But even with those challenges, uh, there are huge opportunities in this technology convergence scenario. Biosensors are an area of great research interest currently. Many companies like Google and Siemens and iSense that are, and others are working on implantable and embedded sensors that can measure bioelectrical and biochemical output. Uh, fund, funding levels are uh, pretty attractive for biosensors and other technologies that you see here. And, and so is the case with competitive landscape. There are a lot of companies of all um, sizes that are participating and entering in this area. 
This is an area of significant R&D activity. We have noticed it in the last three years. And the success of first and second generation wearable devices um, is very common, and, and that success uh, you know, that is mostly available in the form of wristbands. Um, and that is encouraging developers to, to further miniaturize the devices and pack them with more powerful sensor platforms. So make agriculture great again. Um, I talked a little bit about how Agriculture 4.0 is, is part of our top 50 selection. Uh, you know, in order to cater to the food demand of the global population, we need to produce more food amidst the, the rising scarcity of um, resources and the risk associated with climate change. But the advancement of technologies, computing power, and analytics, it offers the possibility that digitization of agriculture can provide new solutions to these complex challenges. Integration of digital technology is not new uh, to agriculture, with precision agriculture being widely practiced since the early 1990s. Um, there's been use of GPS guidance on movable farm equipment and yield mapping and so on and so forth. But agriculture has since welcomed a range of digital solutions to convert precise data captured along the value chain into actionable knowledge to drive and support the farmers to make informed decisions. It's actually enabling them to move from precision to decision. Agriculture 4.0 is, uh, is basically an amalgamation of sensors and data collection, connectivity, software platforms, big data, and analytics, and blockchain, and, <clears throat> and more. Uh, adoption of Agriculture 4.0 technologies, it enables digitization of traditional agriculture practices in order to increase productivity and, and making agriculture a lot more profitable than what it is today. Now, technological advancements in the ICT segment will mitigate the conventional challenges of farmers by getting rid of the ambiguity in various stages of the value chain. Adoption of AI, data analytics, and IoT will enable growers to capitalize on data insights and realize increased yields, all while optimizing resource allocations and costs. The current ICT solutions for agriculture are predominantly based on supportive environmental you know, data collection from for climate and irrigation and from soil sensors, as well as from imagery which is captured by satellites or, or by, by drones. And advancements in synthetic biology, of course, will cater to the need of, the improve, of improving the crop yield, ranging from seed modification to help, uh, you know, to help plant grow with, with plants grow with less water and, and you know, on the same amount of land and, and improve the nutrient contents. So this convergence scenario is well-suited and is of great importance to geographies where the access to fresh water and poor land use has been affecting agriculture. Mobile desalination plants can help convert large volumes of salt water into usable water for agriculture. Advanced battery systems using next-gen lithium-ion batteries can help power these systems even in areas that are remote or not readily connected to grid power, as is the case with most struggling agricultural areas. Colonies of bacteria present in the soil, they help plants absorb water and nutrients, improve immunity against diseases, they produce you know, yield and withstand uh, climate extremes. So identifying and favorably supporting these microbes can help improve agriculture outcomes. And finally, advanced encapsulation technologies can help in targeted delivery of nutrients to the plants, preventing wash off. Further, um, encapsulation can help in sustained release of pesticides and fertilizers and increase the bioavailability of nutrients on the same piece of land. This could, of course, be the next generation of advanced agriculture, and we are very hopeful that the set of technologies involved in making agriculture that much more profitable and efficient is just around the corner. And this one last example uh, <clears throat> is that of a smart energy economy or transactive energy uh, which is an energy e-commerce model uh, based on a connected network. Uh, basically, energy is generated at the site of consumption, and energy consumers, all of us, become energy generators as well. Decentralized energy resources will be interconnected to coordinate supply and demand in this model. By bringing different energy and information technologies together, a smarter, self-sustaining neighborhood could be created
which promotes localized energy production and management. These technologies will enable a smart grid that can replace the conventional utility support grid. Sensor fusion technology along with deep learning and AI solutions would provide guidance on balancing the local demand and supply of energy. And blockchain technology would provide the trust and security in all individual transactions between, between any number of individuals. The opportunity here, of course, is in uh, coupling on-site renewable energy sources such as solar and wind and waste to energy with efficient energy storage systems such as advanced lithium batteries. And also there is an opportunity in optimizing localized renewable energy generation. The feed-in tariffs will allow consumers to earn income from selling excess energy and also allows reform of public utility regulations and restructuring of, uh, of utility operations. So just like that, you know, we have many other examples. Um, I'd like to end my presentation uh, you know, with this cartoon I've used a few times. It, it shows that you never know who is uh, looking for what kind of help, uh, but together a solution can be found. Uh, this was just a small sampling of the innovative convergence scenarios that the team has developed, and there are many more, um, and many other combinations are possible, of course. Uh, but most importantly, it, it obviously depends on specific industries and applications but most importantly on innovative and collaborative minds to come together to create something unique and valuable. Of course, you can take advantage of this perspective by making extraordinary growth partnerships with and, and leveraging the points of convergence. Look around your organization if you're part of a very large organization with multiple subsidiaries or you know, within your industry, across industries, or even at your competitors and you might find several potential collaboration partners willing to leverage the same points of convergence and waves of innovation to co-create an interesting future. This latest analysis uh, that I just showcased a little bit of top 50 emerging technologies is of course now available along with top 10 convergence scenarios, research that we completed. And of course we work directly with, uh, with all types of clients um, as well to develop custom solutions based on their specific situations. Please feel free to uh, write to me directly or through the contact channels. Anna will provide shortly. And if you're interested in accessing uh, this latest research or if you want to discuss any part of what I, what I presented today. So with that, yeah, thank you very much for your time. And Anna, back to you. Thank you, Rajiv. Now I'd like to quickly go over some next steps before we begin our question and answer session. So if you'd like more information about joining our Leadership Council, um, you can reach out to us at one 877 Four six three seven six seven eight, or you can send us an email to myfrost at frost.com. Uh, if you want to prepare for a future of disruption, collapse, and transformational growth, please do get, get in touch with us. And your feedback is always valuable to us, so uh, please provide any feedback under the uh, rate tab on your screen. And you can also follow us on any of our social media sites, LinkedIn and Twitter, to keep up to date on upcoming growth, innovation, and leadership events. So at this time, I'd like to open up the floor for our question and answer session. So if you do have a question, you can type it under the uh, Ask a Question tab. So I see that we've had some questions come in during the session, so let's go ahead and get started. Our first right. question reads, is your selection of 50 technologies an annual exercise? And if so, do some technologies repeat over years or are they always unique? Yeah, thank you for that question. Yeah, absolutely. This is uh, an annual exercise. We, we've been doing it since um, 2011, which was the 50th year of Frost & Sullivan, and that's how it got started. Um, so this is the eighth edition, if I got my number right. Uh, so yeah, it's an annual exercise, and um, we, uh, we use the same methodology, though there are certain improvements and changes that are made. Um, some technologies do repeat um, if they stay hot, as in if they qualify using the criteria that I had shared earlier. And uh, as long as they get certain score, 
uh, they they make the cut in the top 50. So yes, this is an annual exercise, and and some technologies do repeat. We've we've seen about 20 to 25 percent of repeats. Thank you. Now, the convergence scenarios that you shared today are they examples of actual idea used by companies? Uh, some are. So, so the ideas I presented today um, is, is, again, part of the exercise that we do. Once we have selected the top 50, uh, we get into the next phase of research, which is to try and combine multiple technologies to come up with a scenario. So the ones that I showed today are the homegrown, let's say, um, examples of what our technology analysts focused on different clusters came up with. Uh, but of course, we work with companies to uh, identify the technologies of interest to them, uh, the areas in which they are active. They may have patents into certain technologies, or they may have existing partnerships uh, and licensing agreements with uh, universities or other organizations. So we focus on those specific areas and try and build a convergent scenario based on those specific technologies. And, and something which is more customized and something specific to that organization. But our solutions in, in terms of the convergence scenarios we have developed uh, certainly have been implemented by certain organizations. Thank you. Now, can you give any examples of technologies that appeared earlier on your list which have succeeded in making major impacts in the years since? Yeah, of, of course. So there are... Um, there are a number of and I mentioned earlier in my introduction, we cover about 3,000 different technologies every year. It's not a fixed number, but that's the number that we generally end up tracking and analyzing and providing insights on. It's a very, very large base of technologies that, that we are constantly monitoring around the world. Um, and, and of course, um, as a result of that, we get deeper insights on the potential of these technologies um, I can give you a couple of quick examples. Um, graphene was um, one such area that we had identified early on. You know, we've been tracking in innovations in the graphene and its processing and integration in other materials and application landscape. Um, we were one of the first to highlight the application potential, uh, you know, in electronics and sensors domain as early as 2000, um, wherein we had highlighted its use for the development of sensor probes uh, based on research that was being done in ha at Harvard at that time. And now graphene-based sensors are considered as uh, one of the highly effective sensor technologies which can provide uh, the necessary functional benefits. So as part of our top 50 list in 2014. Uh, and now this time, if you notice, in the future 18 list, we have something called as GODO, G-O-D-O, uh, which basically is a graphene oxide in a dough state uh, made by adding graphene oxide of ultra-high concentration to water. And uh, that's, that's termed as GODO. And uh, this novel material can be used in making graphene of different forms or for obtaining um, reduced graphene oxide. Uh, one other example I can give is uh, it's an interesting technology called superhydrophobic coatings. Um, so we've been monitoring technologies in, in this space. Uh, we identified the growing research advances in the field of uh, biomimetics um, as early as 2003 and 2004. Uh, one such effect um, is the lotus leaf effect that was being researched in the early 2000s uh, by the West Institute, the uh, Fraunhofer, MIT. It featured on our top 50 list um, for three consecutive years from 2012 to 2014, and, and we extensively tracked its growth as a technology and its application landscape. One of our clients whom we had suggested these applications is now considered as a premier supplier of the coatings, super hydrophobic coatings uh, in, in the electronic industry. Yeah, so uh, kind of a long answer, but yes, of course, there are a number of technologies we've identified as part of our top 50, as well as future 18, that have uh, become main, mainstream technologies in multiple applications in multiple sectors. Thank you. And our, our next question here, 
What are some of the technologies that repeated from last year? Oh, so 10 technologies uh, repeated from last year's uh, selection of top 50. There's a little drop. Uh, normally we had seen 13 to 14 uh, technologies that repeated from year to year, about, like I said, 25%. Uh, this time it was, was just 20%, which there's not much to read into that. Uh, it could mean that there are a lot more newer technologies that are getting funding and, and seeing a lot of activity from a patenting point of view, from market potential point of view. Uh, but there were 10 that repeated. I don't remember all of them, but some ones, certain ones are 3D printing. Um, we had uh, in uh, Ultimetals, which was ultra-high-strength metals. Uh, there was a collaborative industrial robots um, and a few others, but there were a total of 10 technologies that were in the top 50 list of 2018. They're also in the top 50 list of 2019. Thank you for that. Now, I, I see that uh, we're almost out of time here, so I'm going to end the session. However, um, we have a lot of questions coming in, so what we'll do is we'll take them offline and get back with you. Um, as mentioned before, yeah. I have posted Rajiv's information here. Uh, there's his LinkedIn, his email address, and also to uh, to learn more, there is a, a video that you can view. And so we want to thank everyone for joining us today. Once again, those that have joined us uh, in the middle of the session, the full on-demand recording will be available shortly after we uh, we have finished. So you can go back in and, and listen to, uh, to the uh, presentation. And we want to thank everyone again for joining us today. Any other further questions, comments, please reach out to Rajiv. And we want to thank you again for joining us today. Thank you.